in Brett Yolmark we trust. Brett Yolmark is the savage that will definitely take the Big 12 to heights that we've never seen before. But it doesn't mean that he's impervious to disagreement within the Big 12. The inevitable has finally happened. You are Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl-related. My name is Cody Stovall. I want to thank you for stopping by to make this your first listen today here on Locked On Oklahoma State. We're available on all of your podcasting platforms, as well as visually on YouTube. You can find me on Twitter, at Aldeo State. So we finally have a little bit of an impasse with Brett Yormark. Thus far, his vision for the Big 12 has been phenomenal. Thus far, the actions he has taken to provide the Big 12 with more security than most everybody else, not named the Big 10 and SEC, is also phenomenal. His vision for the Big 12 has had unanimous consent thus far. Until now, you are hearing that at one point in time, we were having discussions with Gonzaga in regards to potentially possibly being a basketball-only school. If that were to happen, I would love for them to throw in baseball. UConn is a different story. Yes, they just won the national title. Yes, we had the opportunity to beat them early on in the season. But the Big 12, finally, Board of Regents, Presidents, ADs, don't agree with potentially adding UConn. Now, could this possibly be a basketball-only only conversation? Maybe. Could it make it more of a desire from the Big 12? Well, obviously not. Here's the thing. is Some people still want to pretend that the Big 12 is in this terrible position moving forward. There is not any statistical evidence out there that indicates the Big 12 is having a bad time whatsoever. I just did a show with Nathan Bomber-Brown from um, Big 12 Mafia, right? Big 12 Mafia Mondays. So that'll be uploading shortly as well. We broke down some of this, but we didn't talk a lot about the UConn situation because it was kind of unnecessary to the topic of realignment. Because if you have some board members, ADs, chancellors, regents, whatever, that finally have some sort of disagreement with Brett Yormark, it's newsworthy because, again, thus far, everything he said, everybody in the Big 12 has been like, yeah, sure, do it, dude, go for it. Get her did. Hats off. We won't slow you down. And now we finally have a little bit of pushback. There are Big 12 members that are currently saying, eh, let's slow down a bit on UConn. Let's be pragmatic about what they add. So, again, the Big 12 is clearly not in a position of just scooping people up for the sake of doing so. We're not out there potentially scooping people up just because they're quote-unquote power five schools. It's not just because we're the only conference that has the pro rata con- contract that allows us to get more money. We're the only conference that I can think of, and if you can redirect me, I would gladly, gladly be appreciative. Let me know down in the comments after you liked it and shared it and done all the fun jazz. And let me know if you think 
it's advantageous for us to add a Yukon right now. Because again, to me, it seems unnecessary. I am on the side of some of the Big 12 schools at the moment. They don't add value. Arizona definitely adds value. Not just from a basketball perspective. If you look at their football landscape, they've had times of success. They've had some really big-time players come through there. And they look to be on the ascension. If you look at film last season, you can see the talent. You see that they don't have the depth. You see that maybe the personnel that they're trying to operate their defense with isn't exactly what they have on roster. But they're recruiting significantly better over the last few years. And it's not like Arizona's always been in the dumps when it comes to recruiting. They've got some dudes. I know they're having some quarterback issues right now. Is Delora going to play? Who knows? If he does, Arizona's going to be a viable contender this year to at least make some noise in the Pac-12. Are they going to win it? No. Are they going to compete to win it? Probably not. Are they going to ruin some team seasons? Absolutely. And then you do factor in basketball, right? And they have all sports. So, yeah, that's a shoe-in. Colorado, okay, it makes sense. It's a shoe-in. For anyone that wants to pretend you had an Arizona and Colorado's no better than that in G5 schools, Okay, cool. That argument is actually preposterous as well. For people out there pretending that BYU doesn't have a bigger fan base than likely your school, you're crazy. If people want to pretend that Cincinnati is not a viable candidate for a Power 5 school, you're absolutely crazy. They just proved it recently. Yeah, I understand they lost Luke Fickle. That would have done a lot for them perception-wise moving into the new Big 12. But again, we're going to pretend that the record over the last five, six years is obsolete. That is completely asinine. Same with UCF. Do I buy some of the stuff that UCF fans are selling? No, I don't. But I can also be objective and look at it from a financial stand base, from an endowment type of, of, of standpoint, right? From the number of enrollment every year they're, they're increasingly getting, where their recruiting hotbed is. Like, I get it. I just don't see it with UConn. I really, really, really don't. And like I said in the ticker, am I crazy? I would rather have Gonzaga for basketball only than UConn for all the sports that they provide at the moment. Now, again, I think that's part of the equation, though, is are we just talking about one sport? Are we talking about all of the sports? I mean, everybody in the world knows UConn adds literally nothing of value when it comes to the football landscape. Do we pull a Big Ten move and we take a Rutgers just because? I think the answer is unequivocally no. There are much better candidates out there right now. Even if you just wanted to do basketball only, fine. There's better candidates. If you want to do all sports, there's better candidates. Like, I understand UConn has a brand, especially in basketball. But the Big 12 president's 80s, Chancellor's Board, whatever, they clearly are looking for value here. We're not in this desperate position that other conferences want to portray when it comes to the Big 12. I'm still hearing the Big 12 is on shaky ground and the Big 12 might fall apart anytime now. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? If you're a fan from another conference, I understand you love your conference. I love the Big 12. Cool. But I'm a realist. A couple of years ago, it looks like the Big 12 is going to die. So was I or anybody else out there touting this? We're going to be great. There's nothing to see here. No. And if you were, again, it's completely asinine for you to have done so. 
If you are standing on top of the counters, hooting and hollering that the Big 12 is going to be awesome, the minute you heard OU and Texas were leaving, it's crazy. You might be white girl wasted in that moment if that's what you did. But, oh, how, how times have changed. We were dying. We could have been dead. The irony of all of it is that the Pac-12 could have ended it. But the sanctimonious pretentiousness in which they choose to act has led to this, which is why nobody in Big 12 country feels bad for what's happening to the Pac-12. I think the ACC is a different story. I, I think it's fair to be on record to say, I don't like all this stuff. I hate all this realignment. I think it's bad for the game of football. I think it's bad for the casual fan. I think it's bad for building a bigger fan base. I think that all of this stuff is not good for the game. It's not good for high school athletes. It's not good for recruiting. All of it. It's a bunch of crap fest. But we can blame the NCAA. That's who we have to think for this. Because they pretend that they want to hold people accountable. But they don't. They hold certain schools accountable occasionally just to pretend that they still have some relevancy. The NCAA is about as useless as George Klyovkov. The NCAA is about as worthless as the ACC's current TV rights deal. Now, Dak Nabbit, I didn't want to get all hot and bothered on this one, but you're reading stuff that's just mind-blowing. Just like I, I had uh, an episode that's uploading now with Big 12 Mafia, Big 12 Mafia Mondays here on this show every Monday. I feel like gaining credibility in this industry is good for business. I don't feel like boldface, purposely telling people stuff that I know is not true is good for my business. So... No matter how it shakes out, somebody that you get your information from is purposely deceiving you. Maybe they're not lying, but some of them are. Some of them have sources. Some of them know good and daggone well what's actually happening. Yet, they purposely put out stories completely contradicting what the sources out there have to say. We're all going to be wrong occasionally, but there's a difference between being wrong, being incorrect, and purposely boldface telling people stuff that you know not to be true. I don't get it. I hate it. I can't stand it. Let me know down in the comments, am I crazy? Because I'm feeling a little slightly unstable today because I'm reading stuff that makes absolutely no sense. Again, I've said it before. I'll say it again. This world may be headed in a direction where everybody needs to participate in extracurricular activities wearing 24-7 condoms because common sense is not that common anymore. I don't get it, but you know what should be common in your life right now? If you're built for it, <laughs> built bar. Ladies and gentlemen, there are very, very few sponsors that are willing to back their product as highly as Built Bar is. And now we've made life significantly easy for you. When I say we, I mean Built Bar. I don't have a mouse in my pocket. Built Bar has made life so much more convenient and healthy for literally everybody. There are millions of quote-unquote protein bars. Most of them physically taste like cardboard. How do I know that? I don't, well, there may be a time in my life where I wanted to try cardboard, okay? Maybe I'm speaking from experience, but it's true. 
My son will tell you, he eats them religiously. He feels like they're good for baseball practice and workouts, and he's getting bigger, stronger, faster. All right. But he admits they all taste terrible until Built Bar. Built Bar has 130 calories. Amazing. It's only got four grams of sugar. Amazing. And a whopping 17 grams of protein packed into one little bar that's covered in 100% real chocolate. Built Bar is... The bee's knees, ladies and gentlemen. You knew it was coming. Go to Walmart right now. Grab yourself a four-bar box. Or if bulk is more your cup of style, go get you hooked up at Sam's Club with a 13-bar box. Or you can go old school and go to built.com. Use a promo code LOCKEDON15 to get yourself 15% off. Do it today, and you need to shoot me DMs and whatever and let me know your experience. I love getting the messages of the experiences from uh, people who rock Bill Bar, right? It's it's awesome. So now we we move along into uh, the the next segment, which is going to be the viability of other conferences. And the real question, guys, that I need help answering is: A, are these people? purposely bold-faced deceiving or do you think it's possible that all of these ADs and presidents and people that they talk to are giving them false information? I think both of those could be a possibility, but maybe I view things from a different lens. Maybe I'm too old school. Maybe I'm just too out of touch and I don't understand how the new social media oriented world works. Maybe nowadays, if you purposely put out stuff you know it's not true just for clickbait, maybe that's beneficial. I don't know. But to me, it doesn't make sense. If you were watching this show, okay, and let's say you're a regular, and if you are a regular, thank you very much. As you can see, the the show is growing considerably. If I started telling you stuff that was inherently not factual, how more how much more would you want to listen to me and respectfully if i'm statistically giving you inaccurate information on a consistent basis i don't know why you would still listen to me it don't make sense again do we all get stuff wrong occasionally yes but there is a massive differentiation between getting something wrong and purposely putting something out that you know to be misleading. I cannot for a millisecond fathom a world where people with 25, 35, 36, 39 years of experience in this industry don't have enough sources by now to know that they're peddling bull honky. So once again, somebody somewhere is giving you false information. Either they're getting it and they're regurgitating false information that might be happening, or they have an agenda and they're trying to push something. I don't give 13 hoots what does or doesn't happen. Because I know Oklahoma State's in a pretty good position. Regardless if it's two-team super conferences, we likely get picked up. Cool, not a problem. If it's three-team super conferences, we're already set up for that. The Big 12 is head and shoulders above the other conferences. Again, I've said it before, it's a fact. If you're talking about the new Pac-12 information that ESPN has, oh, wait, they're not in again. ESPN's been out of the mix for a while, but what have you been hearing from Pac-12 media members for weeks? That's all lies. 
All the Big 12 media people are liars. They're all feeding you a bunch of horse manure. ESPN is still involved. There's still plenty of money to be dispersed around. Us sitting on our hands and pretending the world is all hunky-dory is going to work out. That's what you've been hearing. But yet again, here we are, having a conversation about ESPN no longer being interested in the Pac-12. I wonder why that is. Is it simply because the sanctimonious pretentiousness in, in which they act? No, probably not. It's about dollars when dollars make sense. Again, it's about dollars when the dollars make sense. ESPN has no interest in the dead, sinking Pac-12. Nor should they. It is what it is. The ACC currently has a sweetheart TV deal that ESPN's not going to want to get out of. If you, if you went to somebody and you said, hey, I want to pay extra. Okay, cool. But when you've got a really good deal and you offer next to nothing to make it better and you say, hey, we want more money, what do you think is going to happen? If you lose your boss a, a, a half a million dollars and then you go tell them that you think it's time for a raise, what do you think's going to happen? This is what I don't understand. This is common sense. You can see the writing on the wall. You can see the numbers and statistics that are mathematically available. You can all see this. We all have access to the same information. So somebody please do tell me how if we all have access to the same information, how we put out completely night and day different stuff. Again, it's because somewhere, somebody is purposely being misleading. And it's either the Big 12, Pac-12, or ACC people. Now, recently you had the Nebraska AD come out, right? And, and we covered that in the show with uh, Nathan Bomber-Brown for Big 12 Mafia Monday. But some of the stuff he said is true. Some of the stuff is going to happen. Some of it is also an inevitability. But what part of that inevitability mathematically equals this makes sense? Big 12 country is not naive. We know good and daggone well that we're not going to scoop up Clemson and Florida State. I mean, come on now. We know that it really doesn't make a lot of sense to scoop up Oregon and Washington. Nor, nor should we want to. It is really mind-blowing to me that some of these conversations even happen. It's mind-blowing to me that you can look at all the evidence out there and still say, the Big 12 is going to be in trouble soon. I'm hearing people say the Big 12 is on shaky ground and there might be more Big 12 schools that get poached. Like, come on, man, what are we doing? What are we doing? I understand being a fan. Y'all know I'm a massive fan, right? I wear my orange-colored glasses proudly on a daily basis. But I can also do basic math. I know that two plus two does not now nor ever equal taco. I'm not the most intellectually gifted dude 
on uh, podcasting or, or, or YouTube, whatever. But although I went to school for kids can't read good, I can read enough to see that some of these conversations are completely illogical and 100% nonsensical. I understand clicks and views and all that fun jazz. It's important. But again, let me know down in the comments, am I crazy for thinking that if I purposely gave out inaccurate information on a daily basis, Am I crazy for thinking that that would make my career slightly pointless? Maybe I don't know enough. Maybe I'm too new to this game. But again, common sense is no longer very common. So when in this nonsensical world do we all finally just agree to stop spreading misinformation? You hear that word being tossed around the world all day, every day, 24-7, misinformation. But you hear it, and you see it, and you read it every single day from multiple sources, from multiple stretches of the country. I've said it before. If you believe in conspiracy theories, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? You're not crazy no more. If you believe in analytical statistical data, You're crazy. If you have common sense and you can view things from a a bird's eye view, you're now crazy. Congratulations. But the question still remains, am I crazy? I might be. I'm not seeing it. I'm not hearing it. I'm not feeling it. It mathematically doesn't make sense. It statistically doesn't make sense. It analytically doesn't make sense. Yet we're still getting force-fed not only this crap, But now this crap comes with Big 12 media people are all liars. We're all lying to our fan bases on a daily basis. So again, I circle back to that's true. That somebody from some conference is lying to their fan base. Now my buddy Nathan Bomber Brown, he's a lot more, um, I don't know what's the right word. He's, He's a lot nicer than I am, I guess you could say. So he has a very eloquent way of wording it. I just call a spade a spade. And and again, if I'm lying to your face every day, why would you tune back in? I don't don't get it. Do I have all this game wrong? Wild to me. Anywho, so if you see I'm rocking my Oklahoma State baseball gear, huh? Yes, because... We're set for the Big 12 tournament, and we get Bedlam round four. And hold on, stay tuned for one second. Help me help you hear me. I would love nothing more than to talk baseball, softball, track, soccer, whatever, hockey, anywhere, anytime. The only sport that I can honestly tell you I know zero about, actually I should say I know love about, would be tennis. But this is all. Clicks, views, likes, right? Algorithm-based. So if you want to continue to have me cover some of the the baseball, softball stuff, please like it, love it, share it, subscribe, send it out. Let's keep this thing rocking and rolling. Do I feel confident? Kind of. 
I would say I feel a little bit more confident in softball. The way that they were able to respond in the seventh inning against Nebraska was massive. We were 0-8 this year. I mean, we've only lost like, what, 14 games, 15 games all year? I don't even think it's that many. But nonetheless, eight of them were trailing in the seventh inning and, and, and couldn't pull it off. So to see us rebound like that was awesome. Would I have loved to got, get another shot at Wichita State? Yes, but Nebraska earned their spot there. And let's face it, guys, if Nebraska had any sort of a bullpen, they're, they're a threat to make it to Oklahoma City, right? They remind me, Nebraska right now reminds me of us a few years ago when we had Sam Shaw. It was a Sam Shaw show, right? The bat flips. We needed her to drop bombs. We needed her to get Ks. We needed her to keep the ball low in the zone to induce a lot of ground balls. We needed Sam Shaw to do all that. Nebraska had the same thing. At number 23, I should have wrote her name down. I feel embarrassed that I forgot it. Hats off to her. She was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. They rode her like the white stallion into the night, and she almost got it done for him. Darn near single-handedly. So, Hats off to Nebraska. You did really good. Too bad she's a fifth-year senior. She's definitely going to be playing pro softball somewhere, so hats off to her. But I feel more confident right now a little bit about softball than I do baseball. Did we play bad? No, but we dropped a game we shouldn't have. OU is terrible. They're a terrible, terrible baseball team compared to us. They should not beat us. It shouldn't even be all that close. And every game other than the one that they did win was not close. Like, we've been beating them down like the little redheaded stepchild that they are. We're going to do it again Wednesday. We need to do it again Wednesday. They're going to be smart. Probably going to throw Carmichael because, obviously, we have a hard time hitting him, which is crazy. He doesn't have an explosive fastball. His movement is amazing. Um, he's got a nice little little backdoor slide piece that's very, very difficult. We have a lot of lefties, so it does make it a little bit more difficult there as well. So, oh, you smart, they go back to the well there. Now, what do we do? It's an interesting question. Big Ben Abrams looked good, right? Got to hold the Bedlam Trophy, as he should, because he transferred from OU. We switched pitchers, and we ended up winning the, the ordeal. Jerron Watts-Brown, I still, I just, he, I, I, I can't figure him out. I cannot figure him out. That dude's spin rate is beyond major league level. Like, the, the revelations per second that he can put on a baseball is astronomically amazing. But he always seems, not always, but very often, he seems to give up some odd hits and odd moments. And you heard it on the broadcast the other day. Thank goodness we have people like Rock Reggio. But you hear it all the time, and this is what we've been missing recently, other than the small ball lineup and some of the pitching rotation snafus. What we've been missing lately is having the guys to get her done when it matters. Big guys show up in big games at big moments. Do we have enough of those guys? I don't know. I think offensively, possibly. The pitching staff, I love Isaac Stebbins. Absolutely. To me, the best pitching story of the year. I like what Big Ben Abrams provides us. I I know when Jerron Waltz-Brown is on, that's why he looks like a potential first-round draft pick. That's why he was projected as like the number 22 overall dude coming into the season. You see sparks of it, but this bouncing him around all over the rotation this year is maddening. Now, I've been fortunate enough to coach pitching lessons for the last decade. 
do I coach college pitching? No, I sure flipping don't. So do I know anywhere near as much as Rob Walton? <laughs> Absolutely not. But again, common sense. You can tell when somebody's missing their spots. You can tell when something's not going the right way. You can tell when the ball's not coming out of their hands right. You can tell when they're not driving with their hip pocket enough. You can tell when they're not driving down the mound as hard. These are visible cues that you can see. So as a pitching coach, your job is to, any coach, put your kids in the best position to win. Point blank, period. That's it. Now, we're likely going to throw Garrett Binge this coming Wednesday, as we should. He's an Oki. The question is, does the Bedlam round four moment in the Big 12 title, does it prove to be a little bit too much? Does he get his juices going a little bit too much? Or does he settle in and dominate? I, I don't know that there's going to be a massive gray area. We shall see. Win one, and we host a regional. Win the whole thing, and we likely get to host a super regional. Trust and believe the NCAA wants Obrey Stadium to be packed all the way to Omaha. So they'd like us to make that happen, and we would like that to happen too. So like it, love it, share it, subscribe it, comment, all that fun jazz. That's all we got for this one today. This week, uh, we're likely going to eventually get to focusing on the defensive side of the ball for the Cowboys this upcoming season. So tune in for that. Tune in for the episode with Monday, Big 12 Mafia. That'll be uploading very shortly as well. All right, y'all. That's all we got for this one. As always, I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. And I'll see y'all around the corner.